This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Sean, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you feeling? Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, we like to kick things off by asking, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or what was the working life uh, around you, the environment like when you were growing up? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever really asked me that that way. I mean, you know, people say like, you know, what was it like in your house and what was the work ethic like or who knows what. But, you know, um, it, it was weird because it was kind of entrepreneurial, but not quite. You know, my dad owned uh, an agency, but it was uh, he sold health care insurance um, back in the Glen Glary, Glen Ross days. You know, the whole like second place gets steak knives and third place gets fired. Right. <laughs> First place gets a car. Uh, I mean, like literally that era and like, um, you know, he ran what was in essence, though, a really independent agency just tied to this one outfit down in Texas. So like from my view, he just had, you know, agents in an office and I never knew any of the guys that he worked with down in Texas. He'd fly down there to go meet him every once in a while. But for all intents and purposes, for about 10 or 15 years of his life, he was basically independent. I mean, there's a distinction, as I've learned, you know, I mean, and most people learn when they go on the entrepreneurial journey, there's, there's a, there's a huge gulf between kind of on your own and on your own. <laughs> they're like, they're like a world of difference, you know? And so like, uh, he was kind of on his own, but, but I, you know, but there's a lot of things I learned. I mean, I just, I just told a story of him related to sales that I tell my own sales team anytime somebody new joins. And I just told it again for the hundredth time to somebody new just an hour ago. I mean, so I learned a lot from him even though he sold in a very different environment. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so no, but nobody, my, let me think my, my, my aunt owns a, owns a business with her husband, but he started it taking nothing away from what she's done, but he started it. I mean, I, yeah, there's, I'm the first one as far as I know. I mean, I know the Campbells go back as far as a thousand AD because we're traveling to Scotland in a week to go see some old Campbell castles. Uh, and so I bothered to go figure it out. So, so, but I don't know if any of those dudes were, I guess if you own a castle, you're probably entrepreneurial. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I, however they defined it back in 1300, I would assume that that's self-employed. If you own a castle, you're self-employed. My guess. Yeah, uh, man. Probably, probably a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> So how did that sort of the reason why I asked that is because I'm curious to know how that informed your your professional decisions when it was time for you to start understanding the prospect that you're going to have to go into the working world and, and how that may have shaped your path um, up to this point. So knowing that and watching that growing up, how did that sort of uh, affect the decisions that you made to eventually get to where you are today? What, what were some key things that you think might have contributed to you arriving here today? 
That's interesting. There's a few things in there. I mean, I, I guess first thing is I kind of ran away from it, to be honest. I didn't really want to do sales. I didn't. If if you told me I was going to own a business, I would have thought it's sales and I don't really want to do it. I was going to be a college professor. Um, and that's what I really wanted to do. And I, I, cause I'm pretty much pathologically incapable of learning something and not wanting to teach somebody else what I learned. I mean, that's just the way I'm <laughs> I <know> wired. The feeling. <laughs> I, if I learn one thing, I'm like, who around me needs to know the thing I just learned? Not in like an obnoxious way, but just like, I learned how to do this skiing thing. Wouldn't you like to learn how to do this skiing thing? And so like, and that's kind of pretty much the way I am. And, um, and so I thought, you know, teaching, et cetera, and, and this is a, supposed to be by design, not a seven hour podcast. So we'll leave that part of the journey <laughs> off to the side, but like I, um, uh, I, long and short of it, I end up not going down the full teaching route, ended up teaching though, in a professional context, like networking databases, et cetera, and then get the opportunity to show up as an independent trainer with two other guys. And, um, we build this company off the three of us. And before I know it, um, I own a business and, and what I've kind of come to learn is that like, it, there's so much opportunity to be exposed to challenges, figure them out, move ahead, get to the next challenge, figure it out, you know, solve problems. And there's so, so much opportunity to mentor. If you have a staff, you know, I feel like, apprenticeship is like way underrated you know i i and it, it's weird for me to even say that because like i'm a guy who really believed in full-blown education training classroom that's what i wanted to do i mean i i there, um, there's still a part of me that kind of wants to go back and do it when i retire in some ways but like um i love mentoring people and a business lets me do that all day long and then on top of it i own a business that a large portion of what we do is research. So in a way, even the research component of being a professor, I ended up getting to do like understanding markets and stuff like that. Um, but no, I mean, I, in a weird way, I first ran away from it because I, I thought it was like, I, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to go there. And, you know, meanwhile, like most good parents, I, to this day, I can picture my dad saying things to me like, you know, I, I think you'd be good at sales. You know, and me being like, no, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like most dads, they kind of know at least decent dads, they, they know where you're going to go before you know where you're going to go. And, um, you know, he's passed a number of years ago, but I, I think to some extent he, he thought it was pretty logical, but for me, I kind of spun away from it for a while and then came back. And to sum all that up, I, I end up in a business getting a lot of the educational, even the research and all that, like mentoring and coaching. And I never really thought it would be in a business. I, I used to think the kids getting up for business school classes at eight, since I was a liberal arts grad, were idiots. You know, I was like, why would you get up so early to take an accounting class, man? I mean, like I, I got a liberal arts class that starts at 6 PM. You know what I mean? So I can go do that. And, um, uh, but I, I would never not own a business now. I mean, until something else hits me the same way owning a business did, but like, I just really, really like all the aspects of it, but it's, I, I guess the only other thing I'd say is, but none of it's like the kingdom building stuff. You know, I don't have plans for world domination. None of it's, I guess what I hear of is typical motivations. You know, it, it's mostly, I just, I get a lot of juice from just learning and mentoring people. And I get to do a ton of that as the business grows. I love, I love that story specifically because it's so opposite of what most people would go into business for in general. Uh, it's exciting to know that what you wanted out of life, you found in another path anyways, because 
that's the point, right? Is if right. you can if you can identify what it is you actually want to do a thing for, then the options multiply as opposed to thinking it's got to be this way. And I'm one of those people that I'm very like it's got to be this way and and I, and I and I try to get out of my own way every day and somehow I always surprise myself with the way that I can come up. It's like sometimes when you're smart, you can come up with very creative ways to get in your own way. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. No, I had a guy working for me for years, a really, really good guy who kind of had had a similar problem. Super good guy, but um, but no, totally, totally get it. <laughs> no, it's a it's a real thing. So to hear your story, it it it's just a great uh, uh, reminder, you know, something you can put on a on a on a world map and say, okay, so you're trying to get here, but why do you want to get there? I don't well, know. What, I, what, and well, one quick thing about that, um, just briefly, is that um. Cause it's important not always to give essay answers when you're being interviewed. Right. You know I mean? You don't really want to give some multiple choice, but like, you know, I was even coaching my oldest son this the other day, you know, he's at that stage. I love him to death. He's 20, but he's doing that thing. Um, I, just to protect him. Cause he's, you know, I don't want to say too much of his life story for his own sake, but you know, imagine a 20 year old kid thinking of the 17 different things they could do with life. And what I was trying to coach him was, Notice the similarity between these 17 things, though. Look, look, look at the things that are similar and don't so much lock in on. I have to do this thing, you know, like like try to ask yourself out of all the things you're dabbling in. What's those six or seven pieces of DNA that look similar? Because to your point, if you can recognize that about yourself early Sure. Not every job will be like awesome. You can't always guarantee that. And not every week or year in a job will be awesome. But you can at least know like I'm using I'm using what I was wired to use. Right. And and like and and I think some people don't really spend enough time reflecting on like that part of it. You know, they look at the externality of the job or the career or whatever. And I'm like, figure out what you were made to do. And, and see how that played out. And I think for some people, they have to go out and talk to people, somebody outside of them to figure that out. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a career coach or anything, so it's not what I do for a living, but like, I know there's people who do that. So maybe, maybe sometimes you need that too. I don't know. I love it. I love it. Before we even go any further, I want to let Jason ch- chime in on some of these things because I know he's loving this conversation. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fun conversation actually. Um, and you know, I, it's funny because I, I got a daughter. I got one that's 22 and one that's 27 now. And we had that same conversation just this last Thanksgiving. They're both in the medical field. So they both educated all this stuff. And, and you know, you're sitting around having that water cooler talk, right? And And you get this feeling like, well, they just really aren't all that happy with what they're doing, right? <clears throat> and it's interesting because both of them, I would have never, ever thought would have went into the medical field ever, right? Would have never thought that was a fit for either of them. And uh, I spent 23 years in the military, so I just figured, well, I'll probably do that too, right? <laughs> and uh, And... My oldest daughter did, then got pregnant, then couldn't ship, yeah, blah, 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 right? But but it's it's interesting how I didn't influence them at all, really, when it comes to the path they were going to take. And I think they're both really quickly realizing that they took the wrong one, 
right? And they should have, or maybe would have, if I maybe would have pushed a little harder, did the military thing. And, or maybe not, I don't know, but because, because I don't believe in pushing kids to that either, but, and that's what happened to me is because my whole family's done that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and I didn't want that pressure on them to have, have to do that. Right. And, and they veered off from it, but I think now they both uh, very much look back and go, man, maybe I should have did that. So it's just, it's interesting how. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. But it that, sounds like you got, yeah, you had all the right motivations. It's the same thing, right? You know, I mean, you, yeah. it's, it's a tough mm-hmm. thing with kids because like, it is. you know, you, you watch them kind of orbit around certain things and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sure if that's like a permanent thing. And then, you know, uh, and then you even notice some pickup things and you're like, gosh, I should have done more of that when they were four. You know, my, my eldest is a whiz with putting things together mechanically and cars and like all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, we never tore down a car when he's five. Cause I'm only so handy. And then you kind of, you're kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not a avid endorsement as they say, I'm better than, you know, I don't, I don't just do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I fish and camp and go do all kinds of stuff and ski, but like, um, you know, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, when you coach anybody like that, even if it's your own kids and, um, you know, what, where'd you serve by the way, not to make it about you guys, but I'm just curious. Oh, I, where didn't I, <laughs> or what branch, I guess. Yeah. What branches army? I was army. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Kind of all around then pretty much. Oh yeah. 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 Every three years. Next move, next move. Next well, that's that's one of the things my eldest is thinking about. He's thinking about mm. Air Force because he loves working on anything that moves and flies. And mm. so we went to the Thunderbirds air show and he was yeah, just like, those would be <laughs> fun to work on. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, they sure would be. You know what I mean? So like, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing to figure out what to do there. But um, the Air Force, if you're going to go, go Air Force. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you heard it there from a man from the Army. <laughs> right. Go well, Air just, Force, man. Well, I don't know anything about it, right? And anybody listening, I, again, keep in mind what I'm about to say next. I don't know anything about it, right? Um, but, like, it just strikes me just from the, the optics. It's like, so the Air Force, at least in this era, pretty decent base. You know what I mean? You're not, you know what I mean? You're not out there in the mm-hmm. mud. You know what I mean? You're, you're not on a ship for seven months going who knows where, you know what I mean? And you, you gotta love the Marines. They're always like first in somewhere, but that's a tough and different discipline. You know what I mean? In that mm-hmm. crew. Right. And I'm like, huh, I don't know. Cool airplanes, decent enough base. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But there's, there's pros and cons. I mean, you could be driving a drone out of Vegas in a shack. You know what I mean? For 10 years, you know what I mean? Staring at a computer screen. So like, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that either, but that's not exactly zooming across the sky personally. So, you know, it it just kind of depends, you know, so who knows. What I, what I love about the energy of our conversation and sort of like the theme Uh, of it is it's uh, how people are coming to decisions, you know, and how, how successful entrepreneurs are looking at not only parenting, but how it causes them to reflect on their own choices. And obviously we started off the conversation with sort of your own background and how that influenced where you are. So there's a really interesting energy taking place in our conversation. And it it leads me to believe you. So you then land on professional services, which is 
broad, but uh, you know, they can go a number of routes with it, but it's all encompassing. And is it because you were so interested in all those fields once you got down and started doing the research that you were like, how am I supposed to pick one of these? Or, or, cause you know, some people only do like one thing, our firm specifically only works on X, Y, Z. And you're like, you know, we do a lot of things, but because we can do all of it together, cause they all work together. What was that like making that decision for Cascade Insights? I wish to say it was a conscious choice, but it was more, it was more just a, like one thing led to another. I mean, it's really what it was. I mean, I, I started out as an independent trainer, um, was with those two other guys. We ended up having Microsoft as, uh, an account that we were doing a lot of kind of work with at the time. What back, I say when Microsoft was cool, this was like circa 1999, <laughs> you know, when okay. 97% of every computing device was owned by them, which if you really think about it for a minute, like, it, you, you hear that number and you go, okay, 97%. Just picture if every TV was a Samsung, like 97%, or if every phone, like every phone was an iPhone. There was no such thing as, I mean, it was it was an odd era if you look back and think about it. I mean, 97% of everyone, everything is a Ford. I mean, like that would just be weird. And so, um, so anyway, so we had them as an account and uh, that taught me a lot about like how to deal with large scale organizations and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then, you know, services seemed to be a logical thing for three guys who were independent trainers because we could do consulting um, and kind of drift into that. And then anyway, there's a journey after that, but I mean, frankly, it was, it was just, it was a very logical thing. I never really had a massive interest in like owning a company that makes product or whatever. It's a very different kind of thing. I mean, um, it's just it's a whole it's just a completely different business model so yeah just never really had a lot of interest in it understood understood yeah and again this is just me hearing yeah, yeah. out sort of the, the training process here because when, when i think about what this conversation has been it really is one of those uh, just goes to show the way entrepreneurs think you know some of them may know exactly the kind of company they want to build. But after I have done like 2000 of these now, Jason's got 400 or so already that we're catching up to. It's like, it's almost more often than not, it's the exception of the people who knew exactly what they were going for and they actually got it. And most everyone else was like, look, I just knew I wasn't going to be employed by somebody. No, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a really good concrete example of that. Um, We always get asked by our employees in the first company and this one, and it's, it's a reasonable ask. I'm not knocking them for the ask. Um, you know, what's the plan? Like, like what's the plan for two years or three years from now or four years from now. Right. Um, and I always get asked it by some, I mean, God bless them, but some 25 year old interviewee that I'm hiring. Who's like, tell me about the four year plan for your company. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, I know that's on Google that you need to ask that to know if it's a good place to work. But you know what I always say to them? I kind of say some version of, I mean, it's, it's, this is the short version of it, but it's longer in the interview. But I say like, you know, well, we don't really have one actually, because uh, we'd rather just make a bunch of smart decisions one after the other. And if we make a dumb one, well, we'll try to make a smarter one after that. And um, so far that served us pretty well and we're relatively conservative. And so, no, you're never going to hear from me that in you know year 2026 i plan to be 12 million in revenue or whatever made up number i come up with and I, and i say and and what's interesting is i get different reactions to that i mean some people are like oh my god i can't work for you you must not know what you're doing and then sometimes i get people that are like wow 
did you just say what I thought you said? Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's because that's the way it really works, man. The way it really works <laughs> is whatever's in that spreadsheet. The guy that wrote it even knows that he's not entirely sure. And so they put it in the spreadsheet anyway. And so like, you know, who are you kidding yourself? Right. I mean, like, and, um, but, but I understand it though. I, I mean, I get it. Like you want to know this company has a plan in air quotes. Right. And I say the plan isn't so much like written down on paper over here. It's almost like it's every decision you make every day. I mean, every, I mean, all of those decisions lead you to a place and like, I, it sounds so simple, but it's true. Like you just, every day you have to make a better set of decisions if you still want to have a business. And, um, and frankly, that's again, one of the things I like about it. I mean, but, but it's, yeah. Yeah. So I know it's, it's really organic. And I, I think, um, I think most people don't get that until they've owned one, you know? Which I'd also say the yeah. best thing in the world is owning a business. I, I don't think um, I it, there's a lot of things that make a lot more sense to you when you own one. Like I imagine 200 years ago, it was like owning a farm, you know, like once you own a farm, you understood like the means of production and like the cost of things and like, you know, what it meant to actually like buy something, you know, and then have to take, take care of it. I mean, there's just a million things that you just don't experience i think unless you own a business um you know jason jason comes from a family of farmers I, i'm sure he's got he's got a yeah, rpnls <laughs> were on rock with chisels there you go right <laughs> no exactly i mean i mean there's just there's just something about having to tend your own garden so to speak oh, yeah. that, that that you just it changes things it does mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't mean that even, I don't mean that even remotely like a political thing. I don't, I just mean, it just changes the way you stare at things. You just don't think yeah. of things the same way. And, um, and so, so anyway, so I, I've said for years, I wish we could take every 18 year old and give them a business for two years, you know, in a way, like, I mean, because I feel like they'd be, you know, there's, there, or, or equivalent things, you know, yeah. sir. I mean, there's a lot of things that they could do better than just, you know, drink and go to college, but, um, but that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could, could you imagine what society was be like? Would would be like if every employee that entered what was finally ready to enter the workforce first understood what it meant to bear all the risk, right? Oh, right, right. <laughs> well, well, the example, the example there, I always, I, I always say to somebody, I say if you, if you're gonna leave and start a business, um, I have two conversations, the same, the same one. So may, maybe this is relevant or not. I'll make it short, and we could talk about it more if you want. But the two conversations I always have with somebody who's gonna start a business, as I say. Um, and by the way, I'm very supportive clearly of somebody starting a business, but I also want to keep it real. So somebody will say to me, like from corporate America, one of our clients, gosh, I just, I'd love to have my own thing. I'm like, okay, are you okay with the idea that at some point you might run out of money? <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? That's a gloomy way to begin the conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, cause okay. So, so here's the deal. The minute you own a business, you're going to know precisely the day you run out of money. You're, and you're always going to know it. You will never not know it. I don't care if it's seven years from now. Oh you my will God. Know it. You will know that day. <laughs> and if you don't know it, you will go out of business. So you don't get to not know it because if you don't know it, then you just, it just, you, you never have to worry about it because you're going to be out of business. And the second thing is, I say, I do this little thing with like money where they'll be like, gosh, I want to, I'm going to go out and, you know, how many entrepreneurs do this, right? They're like, you know, I'm going to work 40 hours a week. No, I'm going to work 60 because I'm working for myself. Okay, fine. We'll just let that slide for a minute because people do get sick. So you're going to work 60 <laughs> hours a week. 
and you got kids to go to recitals and, but we'll leave it at that. So 60 hours a week and you're not going to take any vacations the first three years. Cause again, you work for yourself. Okay. Well, that's a lie, but we'll leave it at that. And then they, then they go make all this math up and they multiply it by an hourly rate. And they say, I'm going to make 400 grand a year. And I go, okay. So um, do you know what the tax bracket is for an entrepreneur? And they're like, it's different. And I'm like, yeah, it's different. So like, so take at least 40% of what you made if you want to play it safe and just chuck it in a drawer because it's never your money anymore. They're like 40%. I'm like, yeah, some years even more. <laughs> and so they're like, and then I go, I go, take that, throw that in a corner in a box. I say, and they're like, okay, well, that's fine. I mean, I can 170K, I, I can still, I could live off that. That's more than I made. Okay. So um, now take another 50% of that and throw it off for all of the sales and the marketing and the financial work and the help you're going to need. Um, and once you're done with that, if you can live off that, your expectations are right. And I say, and then I always follow up with like, if you can survive those first few years, the multiples start to come into play, of course. And then, you know, certainly many entrepreneurs make more than somebody working for a regular business, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of somewhat, I wouldn't say expected, that's the wrong way to put it, but it's, it's, it's normative, right? It would be something you would expect in that sense. Um, but not in the beginning at all. Right. And, um, and I just, most people don't know how to do that math, you know, and that's, that's a big deal. But I, I say, if you can, if you can know where the end of the runway is and you can live with that problem. And, and sometimes what I say to people too, on that, just to finish it off, is I say, it's not much different than you working for a business. It's just, you blind yourself to the idea that you could be deleted, right? It's it's the same concept. It's just, you just don't really think of it that way. But in some other guy's spreadsheet, it's the same thing. And I would rather just control my own destiny most of the time. I mean, you know, that's kind of the way I'd look at it. But anyway, I don't know if that's relevant or not. I just, that's something <laughs> no, I that was that was like perfect, sharing. Man. That, that was great. I, I think, I think that's exactly what people needed to hear. Cause it's true. If there's, if there's one thing, you know, it's ironic is that if there's one thing I've been trying to elude and get rid of is knowing exactly where my money is going to run out. And I nope. can't seem nope. to figure no, out. No, 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 no. See, and I tell you, the minute you think you, you the minute you forget it, is when you'll never have to remember it for the rest of your life because then it'll be gone and you want to No, I mean, it's like, it, it's not, you just don't, you don't get away from it. It's just a little bit of the ball and chain of owning a business and, and it's fine. It's a reasonable one. It keeps you sane, keeps you from buying the four by four when you shouldn't, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like it keeps, <laughs> keeps it. So you're not that guy. You know what I mean? He's like date one year into the, the business and it's like wow nice new truck fred and you're like you won't be here in two years you know what i mean so like um but um yeah so yeah anyway. no man this this has been exactly what we were looking for you know jason himself always reminds me you know business sometimes you gotta have a short-term memory especially when people begin to throw problems your way you just gotta let it roll off of you because uh, those are those are the inevitables in business you know i have a lot of conversations with him in regards to things like this so you're right on the money with what you're sharing um, that was exactly what we were looking for. Uh, the best part about this is uh, I want to check in with Jason before we move on to the latter half of, uh, of this episode. Sure. We begin to close things out. Any any thoughts, anything coming to mind, Jason, for you? I, I mean, I have lots of thoughts. But sure, we don't sure, have, sure, sure. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, it's, it, I'd time. Let time, I let time get ahead of me here. Uh, yeah, we so, already blew, blew past the time. So we want to respect, <laughs> respect your time too. Yeah, yeah. Understood. So, so if, if you... If you have a website, a social channel, somewhere where you prefer for people to connect with you, where would you want people to connect with you? 
I would have him just go to cascadeinsights.com. Uh, That's the company I co-own along with a guy named Scott Swigert. And um, if they want to reach out to me, I'm always happy to chat with folks. Doesn't always have to be about what we offer to the market. Like sometimes folks will just reach out to me about like, hey, I liked your story or I'm starting my own business or you got advice for a guy like me. I mean, I'm I'm totally happy to spend time on stuff like that. And um, they can just email me. It's just Sean, S-E-A-N at cascadeinsights.com. Right on. Okay. And now uh, the the big enchilada for the whole show is if you could have invited anybody uh, dead or alive to this conversation today, who would you have loved to have had here and why them? It that would, it, It's a super hard question for me to answer like empirically, like the person. So I'll give you the first person that came to mind, uh, which maybe has a little bit of recency bias because um, now I sound like I owns a market research firm, right? So like, uh, but the, um, uh, I, and this is a, this, this hopefully ties back to the whole thing. So maybe it's a good way to end it. Like, like, you know, whenever I face a problem, I'm just like, I'm going to go learn the heck out of it. So, um, I think it's fair to say that the last presidential election and maybe the last few have left people, um, on every side with their own set of questions. Let's just leave it at that. Right. And so I looked at all that and I thought, very typical me. I'm like, people have a lot of questions about presidents in America. I'm going to go read a biography on every single U.S. president in order so I can actually understand, like, you know, from my own perspective, like what this is. And I would have to say out of all the biographies I read. And right now I'm up to Wilson. So I didn't I didn't you know, it's not like one of those stories where I gave up after the third biography. I think I'm going to make it to the end. You know, if I made it to Wilson, I think I can make it all the way up to Biden at this point. I mean, there's a lot of very snoozy presidents. Let me just put it that way in the 19th century. Some of those biographies, I barely made it through. And so like um, um, guys, we long forgot from eighth grade history. Right. You know, but anyway, so um, Teddy Roosevelt. And the reason I would say is. um Again, this this isn't maybe like the ultimate, but he's the first guy that came to mind. I mean, he sat at an interesting turning point in American society. I mean, you know, like one of the reasons I think people like the movie Titanic is because it's it's this moment frozen in time of like on one side of it, you had kings and queens and after it, you didn't. And on one side of it, you were pre-World War One and the other side, you didn't. I mean, sure, some people watch that movie for the romance and the ship sinking and I get all that in the iceberg. <laughs> but part of part of what's happening in that movie is you're watching like this dividing line between times, you know, in a way. And and Roosevelt was just before that. And and he there's so many interesting things about the guy. There's a wonderful three-part biography I read about the guy. Um, and um, I mean, even after 2,700 pages, I was still pretty enthralled about like who the guy was and what it was. So I, I bring him on. He had some interesting perspectives and I would, you know, if I could bring him back, you know, and there were plenty of presidents as I already alluded to that I would never invite him. <laughs> they were pretty boring. <laughs> so like, I mean, there's a few that, I'm not really sure how much they did for America, but like, hey, they were president, so that's okay. You know, let that roll. Um, but <laughs> right on, man. No, it's it's been a it's been a really fun conversation chatting with you, man. Uh, so so much so much so I let I let time get ahead of me, but uh, I appreciate the time, the energy, uh, and I hope this isn't the last time we chat. It's tradition around here for Jason to close us out, so I'm gonna let him do that. But uh, man, great conversation. Thanks, man. Yeah, this this was a great way to end the day. I got to tell you, <laughs> this was the a great way to end the day on this conversation. 
Because, uh, you know, I mean, we have a lot of conversations and some of them are a little mind bending to say the least sometimes, but, uh, but this one was fun and, and just enjoyed having you on the show and, and thank you for being here. Good stuff. Well, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate the energy you brought to it too. And, um, um, hopefully I made your last interview here a good one. And, you know, just other than that, thanks for having me on. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.